You are listening to the Movie Cheer Podcast. The best place for movie topics and blockbuster discussions. Welcome to Movie Cheer Town. Welcome to the Movie Cheer Podcast. I am your host, AP, aka Mr. Movie Cheer, and welcome back to another episode. And today's topic of discussion is best Pixar movies of the 2000s. That's right, of the 2000s. That means from 2000 to 2009, I'm going to pick out four Pixar movies. I'm a big Pixar fan. I like animated movies in general, but I think Pixar are probably like the top tier for me personally. They're like my favorite ones out of animated movies in general. So it's going to be a fun episode, deep diving into four of those movies of the 2000s. I can't wait to look into that topic. But before we get into the main headline topic of today's show, uh, we're going to start the show like we normally do with some not-so-worthy blockbuster housekeeping. That is right, ladies and gents. This is the part of the show where we ease into things, discuss what's going on with the channel, and just have a general chit-chat about things uh, all related to uh, the movie cheer community and movie cheer town. So, uh, what's going on this week? Not-so-worthy blockbuster housekeeping. So, we had a new video on the wi- on the, uh, on the the window. I was going to say on the window. We didn't have channels videos on the windows. That'd be weird. Um New video on the channel this week, this Thursday, and it was starting a movie collection in 2022. Look, this video had some great, great feedback, uh, uh, a good amount of views, a lot of, uh, you know, people in the community getting involved and talking and discussing, giving their thoughts on this topic. Uh, This is one where, yeah, I want to do a few of these videos this year where we, we go into like, like, Best best DVD player or you know these sort of videos best is it worth collecting DVDs in 2022? I like these sort of videos because it's a it's a good time. I think it just I think they're good like topics to draw lots of views and opinions in. I I love that. That's what I love about this community. And um, so I I did that video this week and uh, give my views on that because it was just I, I I was I went to buy some DVDs this week and it just sort of spawned the idea you know like what what if I was starting a new collection and just really get into thinking about what my rules are for starting movie collections and look I I'm not like a like a heavy collector I, I it may appear behind me that this is tons of DVDs but re- in reality it's not that many um you know I'm very lucky to have these DVDs but uh you know it's not like a, a library full of DVDs. I think it's a you know a fairly small amount of a collection, but it's a collection I really really care about. Uh, well, not care about. I, I value it. You know, I, I get a lot of joy out of this value, this collection behind me, and a lot of fun. But I was picking up some new DVDs, adding them to the collection. I was thinking, how you know how do I do it? My mindset of like collecting is it, and I I, I do have like and rules and I mention it in the video of having certain rules to bring in the new DVDs or new movies in general and just rules. Even if you're like a, a movie collector, you're all, you're a few years into having a movie collection. I think just having little rules and little tips along the way for, for doing your own collecting, I think it's a good idea. And uh, it's cool to hear what other people think and what other people, you know, do with their collections, how they go about adding new movies into the collections. Uh, I'd recommend get into the community, get into the comments section of that video, and get involved in the discussions out there. Talk to people, get involved, ladies and gents. But that was a really fun video to do, so thank you very much for everyone who's interacted with that video and viewed that video so far. If you've not checked it out, 
definitely give it a watch. Um, look, I want to talk about, I've talked about, I was picking up some movies this week. This one movie I do want to discuss is here, this. Bit of a different thing on the not so worthy blockbuster housekeeping, but I picked up this movie this past week and this is, it's got to be in 90s and it's, it's 98 it's saying here, DreamWorks movie, Polly. I picked this up this week and I got to say, this is so, so cool of a movie. I, I remember watching it as a kid. Um, so many happy memories of watching this movie on VHS. And it was one where when we got we purged the VHS collection when I was a kid. Uh, never got it again. And as an adult now, I've, I've managed to get a copy. And it's just, it's not that I, I, I probably could have purchased it on like eBay or Amazon over the years. But it's kind of a movie that just dropped out of my memory. And I'm sure... Let me know what mem what movies did you watch as a kid and you kind of just forgot about and then, you know, at a certain point in life, you just, you remember this movie and you're like, I want to watch this movie again. Um, this was one where I just seen it and I was like, oh, wow, I, rem I remember that movie, Paulie. And it's about a parrot who is like, he, he he's, you know, he's born this parrot and he's given to this little girl who, who has, uh, I, this is not really spoiling the movie, um, I didn't watch it all. I've only watched a bit more of it so far because I, I, something come up and I couldn't watch the whole movie. But I had forgot everything about it. The good little girl, she has like a, a, a speech um, impediment. She she suffers with like a, she has a, like a stutter, and the bird, you know, is is able to talk, and she is the only one who believes that the bird can talk. And the the dad and stuff thinks like she's going crazy and stuff like that. And he gets rid of the bird. And then there's this story of the, the bird, Polly's life, and he wants to find this little girl called Marie again. And it's just a really uh, heartwarming story. And it's a, I think it's a really nice story to, to watch. And it's a really good film. And, and if you've never watched Polly, check it out. I can't wait to give this a full watch at some point this week. I'm looking forward to it. But it was just great to find this movie again and just bring back some of them memories and childhood memories. And it's just great just to, to have it in the collection now, so I'm really happy I've got hold of this. Um, what's uh, what else has been going on? I've got a runny nose. Uh, what else has been going on with the channel this past week? So, uh, on the Patreon, let's flip over to Patreon there quickly. So we do uh, Patreon content, bonus content as well. If you want any extra content from the channel, uh, this week or today, most likely, I'm going to be trying. Well, I'm going to be recording. Uh, do or do not. Mm, do or do not. There is no try, Yoda. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to be recording some new audio bonus pods. Uh, kind of like bonus pods, or I, I don't know if you could class it as a podcast, but we do the bonus podcast on the Patreon, and I'm going to be doing some commentary tracks, or I'm going to be attempting some commentary tracks. Now, I was thinking originally, should I do like a movie? Do a whole movie and then like I discuss it at first and then put the movie on. You watch along with me if you want to, or you want to just listen to it as a pod podcast and um, just give my commentary. But I thought a movie. I don't think I can I can talk for like two hours nonstop. I think I will just run out of things to say. Um, my limit is like I said, forty five minutes. That is me done and dusted. After that, I'm asleep. I'm my brain's gone. Uh, but I am I'm looking to do. T I've got a bunch of TV episodes, old American TV comedies, like sitcoms, uh, to do. And I'm going to do a few of them, trial them out, see what, what you like on Patreon. If people like it, I'll do more of them. But I'm looking forward to just trying something else, putting a new coat of paint to uh, the Patreon, just adding a little bit more content. 
And this rolls into the changes to the Patreon as starting as of next month. Uh, we are going to have a few little changes to Patreon next month and we are going to be doing rather than webcomic Mondays every Monday, it's going to be a bit of change where we get regular content every Monday still, but it'll be a mix of bonus videos, bonus podcasts, webcomics, uh, the audio commentaries as well, just to mix things up. So really it's going to be a, you know, a guessing game to what comes out until we get that regular rhythm, but it's always going to be bonus pon- uh, bonus content on Mondays on Patreon. I will do an announcement on the Patreon page as well. Uh, you can join up to Patreon if you want that extra content. Don't feel obliged to, but if you want a bit more content, it's a dollar to sign up for it a month. Uh, there's tons of podcasts on there. There's bonus videos as well uh, if you just want that extra bit of movie cheer content. But anyway, that is it for the not-so-worthy blockbuster housekeeping this week. Let's move on to the headline topic of today's show. So today's headline topic, best Pixar movies of the 2000s, a decade of the 2000s. Uh, Let's just talk about the 2000s in general. What are my thoughts on the 2000s? Really, you know, not really an era of really brilliant music and probably bad genes. That's my interpretation, my view of the era. But movies-wise, we had some great movies coming out in the 2000s, in my opinion. And Pixar had some fantastic ones, some fantastic films. This was hard to pick out for, really. But uh, these are these four choices are my favourite. They're in no particular order, these, these movies. So let's get into it. And... I will say, you know, Pixar for me, favourite Pixar movies has got to be the Toy Story movies. They are my favourites. Um, I was shocked because I, I, the first two Toy Story movies, I think one's in like 95 and the other one's in like 98, Toy Story 2. I thought for sure there was one in the 2000 era, but it escaped it. So it, like I said, it's going to be 2000 to 2009. Uh, the Toy Story 3 movie was 2010, so it didn't, nothing was released in the 2000s area, it was the 2010s, uh, really surprised by it, I thought, I thought Toy Story 2 would have been like 2001, I, I, I would, if, if that come up in like a quiz show, and I was on a quiz show, like The Chase, I would have been like 2001 for sure, but yeah, I, I was surprised by that, but let's get into it, let's get into the headline topic, ladies and gents, so I'm going to start off today with my first pick of best Pixar movie of the 2000s. It is Up. The movie Up. Uh, This is a movie I've only really watched for the first time maybe last, I'd say, two or three years. Uh, I remember a few years back someone made a comment about me looking like the kid from Up, Russell. uh, Because I'm always seen... I'm I'm a bald guy. I I always wear hats, but I just like wearing caps anyway. Even when I did have her, I always like wearing caps. And I always wear like a rucksack when I'm out walking and stuff like that. So someone made a comment ages ago, I look like Russell from... um, When I didn't have a beard, obviously, uh, from Up, the little kid. But uh, let me give you the story of Up if you're not aware of this movie. Basically, a little small summary of the movie. Um... Up tells the story of Carl, a, a retired gentleman who is, well, it starts off the story of this, uh, you know, this relationship between a, a man and a woman, a boy and a girl, really, to start off with, and joins, turns into a, 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 a man and a woman story. It's two two young kids, and I think it must be in like the 1920s or something, this movie is probably set at first, or 1930s. 
and uh, Carl, a young Carl, meets a young Ellie, and uh, they're both like fans of this like high-profile explorer guy who gets uh, he's like this famed explorer and then he finds he goes to this mystical island comes back and says he's found this mysterious bird that no one's ever heard of before they all say he's a fake and then they all banish him back to this island this explorer this ties into the story later on uh, but then a young Carl and a young Ellie uh, watching this movie this grand explorer and then they start they meet up and they become friends and then they later get married and the the intro to the movie is is very it starts off like very happy, but then it's it's a very emotional and very sad start to the story. Um, I, I, I don't want to go too heavy in spoilers, but I don't feel like this is spoiler territory because it's so early in the movie. But we see that, you know, they get married and it's like a little, like a, a, a sort of, a, what would we say, a montage, a montage scene of them growing through life and getting married and uh, trying to have kids and they can't have kids and then they grow old and then she she passes on and then Carl is then he's a, a man probably maybe in his, his 70s or his 80s and he is living alone and he they have memories they always wanted to go traveling to South America and they never got there and they always had that plan to do it but it just never got around to happening and he decides like one day Carl now is and he's you know he's in his, his retirement years and he decides he wants to do something and his home is is there's developers near his home who are trying to buy his home to knock it down to build skyscrapers and he won't sell he's he's angry with the world and he wants to make a change and he then comes about this young boy russell who is a boy scout and he knocks on his door and he's trying to help him and he's trying to get his uh, a certain badge by helping uh an older retiree if you like and they become friends throughout this story but basically what happens in at the start of the movie is Carl doesn't realize that Russell is in his house when he puts a bunch of balloons on top of his house and the house flies away and he, he, he uses balloons to make it sort of like a what would you call them hot air balloons his house and it's it just so such a creative move, but it, I actually love that. It's just like there's like thousands of balloons on the roof, and Carl is just using that to get to South America because he's deciding he wants to go to where him and his his wife Ellie wanted to go to, and but they never got to as a couple because she passed away and they left it too long, and they go to South America, and Russell accidentally is in the house when he flies off, and like I said, this is where the friendship brews, and. We see them get to South America where the location they wanted to get to. And along the way, they meet this this explorer again. And this explorer isn't too nice. And there's little, little twists and turns in the story. But it comes to the eventuality, the end, where Carl is... He decides, you know, at the end of the day, it's not about like going to these places. It's about the relationships you make in life. And he, he tries to save Russell. And this is where the story then... Uh, comes to an, an end really and I won't really spoil the ending so much and I hope I've not spoiled too much that I've tried to keep pretty light on the spoilers but it is just a fantastic story a very emotional story like I said at the beginning and it's really a story of friendship and relationships this story up I, I think when I'm watching it and I, I was like I said for years people mentioned this movie and I, I never never got around to watching it and first time I watched it I was like wow this is unbelievable film such a 
an emotional film, and I love it. The the score by Michael Giacchino is 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 fantastic. Um, his his score it's like the same melody, the same riff throughout, but it it goes from like playing this piano riff to in like a sad way and it feels that sad and emotional but then it gets like a big band feel throughout it as well and it's it's so unreal and at such a, a great film to watch so up is my first choice uh for pixar movies in the 2000s and this was released in 2009 so now let's move on to my second choice of pixar movies and my second choice is Monsters Inc. released in 2001 and I will say Up and and Monsters Inc. both had the same director, um, Pete Doctor. Uh, I, that name doesn't mean not much to me, I have not heard that name before but two great movies from this director, Pete Doctor. Uh, kudos to Pete for making two brilliant movies, uh, Pixar movies. But, but Monsters Inc. 2001 Monsters Inc. was released. Uh, this is like kind of like a feels like a new era of Pixar because we really had the like the big movies, Toy Story, and now it's like they're bringing us now this big franchise, now this big big new movie, Monsters Inc. And the basic the premise, the story of Monsters Inc. We live in this world. I think it's called Monstertropolis, <laughs> and it's this world full of monsters where monsters live like humans. And basically, the way they power this this world is through energy from scurring. And they scur. They have this factory called Monsters Inc. Incorporated. Monsters Incorporated, and they go through these doors to to uh, scur little kids to get the energy from the scurs. And in this world, it's like kids are toxic. And if kids get into the monster world, they could potentially ruin their existence. That's the that's the the way they think their ideology. Um, we then come to meet John Goodman and Billy Crystal's characters. Uh, John Goodman plays Sully in this, in this animated movie, like this big Kerber-like monster. Um, and then Billy Crystal plays Mike Wazowski, a little green eyeball character, uh, one big eyeball. And uh, they are best friends and they're top scorers at Monsters, Inc. And then... The, fo- the story basically unfolds that a young child, a uh, two-year-old, uh, gets, like, she comes through the, one of the doors at night and Sully, like, takes her home and then they come to realise that, like, children are not really as bad as the world makes out- makes them out to be. They're not toxic and they can actually get more energy out of these kids from making them laugh and... It's, you know, there's a story unfolds. We've got a few villains in there, like Randall, uh, played by uh, Steve Buscemi, uh, who is great. And we see this story unfold and the connection between, especially with Sully and the child who they name Boo. And we see this this really, like, nice relationship. And it's like kind of like a father-daughter relationship. It's really nice to see. And then we even see Mike Wazowski uh, coming around to the kid at the end as well and they want to just get the kid home get her home safe in the end and it's a lovely story um and monsters inc i i i've been thinking about this movie a lot more recently because i've been watching monsters university i watched it the first time at christmas for the first time monsters university is the prequel movie that was released many years later to uh, monsters inc and it's like were Sully and Mike met and they go to this monster university but then I was reading into it the other day and I didn't realize that there was a sequel tv show that came out on Disney plus last year called monsters at work it's 
probably one I've heard about on when we've done one of like the Disney Plus days, but it's just one that kind of just flew past me because there's that many TV shows, uh, that much content out there. And as a fan of the Monsters, Inc. franchise, I'm really looking forward to giving this a watch soon. I think it's like 10 episodes or something of the animated show, like 20, 30 minute episodes. And it's set after Monsters, Inc. So I'm looking forward to watching that. Uh, I, I can't wait to just to see what happens after Monsters, Inc. And just to see where they go after that. But it's a nice story. It's got a good conclusion. And uh, I think Monsters, Inc. is just a superb film to watch from Pixar. Uh, now we move on to The Incredibles, uh, a 2004 release. Now, this was directed by Brad Bird. Uh, what can I say about The Incredibles? Let's give a summary. Basically, it starts off the movie. We have Mr. Incredible and a bunch of other superheroes like Elastigirl. And basically, there's a an event that happens where all superheroes in the world get banned and they have to go into hiding and you know, live real lives, live the real identities, and give up being a superhero. And this is where Mr. Incredible, Elastigirl, they get married at the start of the movie, and then they have a family. We go then like 15 years later, where they've got kids, and they are living normal lives and no longer superheroes. And then Mr. Incredible gets pulled back into the superhero world, and then he brings his whole family into this world as well. And then we see this evil villainous syndrome uh, the character who is basically at the start of the movie this this evil villain is uh, a fanboy of mr incredible and he wants to be his sidekick and mr incredible doesn't want him as a sidekick and he sort of like tells him to go home buddy this is the kid's name and then he turns villainous he starts inventing these high-priced weapons makes a load of money and becomes a super villain on this super island and he decides he wants to take revenge on Mr. Incredible and it takes him years later but then we see them come together to fight each other in the end and it's just a it's just a great story and uh, I, I really enjoy The Incredibles. Uh, I will say watching this again this morning just to recap and refresh my brain on The Incredibles because I've not watched it in a while um, it is so much you can see the inspiration from movie from like the early Adam West Batman show when them it's just like from the music the music is very Batman esque in like the when I talk about like the old original Batman TV show and the Batman movie it's got that feel to it by Michael Giacchino uh, it's just in general it's got that feel of like an old like not an old like a, a classic uh, comic book it just feels like I'm watching it and it's just like it's cheesy it's goofy but I I, I really I really dig it I think it's a fun movie and. Uh, Incredibles, and a lot of people like Incredibles. I know it's all these choices here are big, big movies that a lot of people like. It spawned the sequel, The Incredibles 2, that come out a good few years later. I'd love to see an Incredibles 3 at some point. I think it would be great. I'm sure we will because these movies are so beloved, and I hope we do get to see an Incredibles 3 at some point. But it's just a, a fantastic film, and I just love the essence of them all like Batman shows, and it feels like there's a lot of inspiration from them shows put into this movie. And I just absolutely love it. So, The Incredibles, visually, it looks amazing. Funny fact, well, interesting fact as well, I was reading up on this. And it was basically, uh, they had to invent new ways of technology of displaying these human characters for Pixar. Because it was like the first movie that really featured human characters. So, they had to really change the technology for this movie. And Brad Bird is 
directed a superb film here. So The Incredibles is my third choice of best Pixar movie of the 2000s. So now I'm on to the final choice of today's headline topic. And my final choice goes to a 2003 movie called Finding Nemo. That is right, Finding Nemo. Where the story of Finding Nemo, it is, you have this young fish named Nemo, his father Marlin, and basically Nemo gets taken away by a scuba diver and taken to Sydney Harbour into this dentist office and Marlon is trying to find his son. He meets Dory, a forgetful fish who suffers short-term memory loss along the way. Uh, they become friends and they search the entire ocean for Nemo and they go on this grand adventure. And Marlon is a very scared father. He's scared of things because of at the start of the movie, his, his wife and his, all these other children are uh, taken away uh, by a, an evil fish and Nemo is the only one left. And such an emotional story, but has a, some really joyful, happy moments throughout this as well. Uh, very similar to Open Away. It really starts with that sad opening, and then it just really spurs into this grand adventure, and then you get this really, you know, lots of joyful moments as a movie. And I, I love this film. I think it's probably one I watched when I when I initially watched it. I wasn't super keen on it because I was like big into like like the Toy Story stuff, and it's very different, you know, it's a film of fish, it's set in the ocean, very different, but I've come to really enjoy it now over the years, uh, I, I think, look, the music is, music by Thomas Newman, the music is so relaxing, and so, just like, it, it hits a certain spot in your brain where you're just like, this music is incredible, it's, you, I could listen to that music, the soundtrack, and it's just, an absolutely brilliant score. It's so relaxing, so chilled out, and just, it's a monumental soundtrack. And I, I kind of forgot how good the soundtrack is. It, is. it is great, but it's a great adventure going through the scene. You see all these different uh, fish creatures, these fish, and you see sharks, you see Bruce the shark, who's really funny. Uh, we see the sea turtles. And like I said, it's just an adventure of a, of a father trying to find his son and really rebuilding a bond with his son as well and you know trying to let go of his son as well and give his his son more chance to be who he wants to be in life and we see that throughout the story and we see a lovely relationship grow from, with Mal and the father and Dory as well uh, I've never seen the sequel Fad and Dory so I don't, I don't know what the the premise of the sequel is maybe Dory gets lost or she's trying to find who she is I don't know uh, I've never got around to watching it. I will probably ask, that's one I'm going to watch, Finding Dory. Let me know what your thoughts are on the Finding Nemo sequel, Finding Dory. But yeah, it's just a magical movie. Magical movie and it's it's incredible what they can do with, I mean, just the visuals of it. All the different animals, all the different places, the locations. It is just an incredible film. I just think when these these like these people who are putting these Pixar movies together. All these movies we've discussed in this episode, how much effort and craft goes into it. I think it's incredible. Uh, great, great movie. We have as well. Uh, we have the the psycho kid with the you have the uh, the psycho theme when this there's this kid who's the dentist his daughter and she's about she's gonna take Nemo and she's every time they play the psycho music when she comes in I love that little little things like that it's cool I, I was watching it and there's a fish 
when Nemo is in the dentist, he's in the fish tank and he's trying to escape and he's hearing all these stories of his dad trying to find him. And there's a fish called Gill and I was like, whose voice is that? And it's Willem, Willem Dafoe. And I was like, oh, wow. I didn't even know Willem Dafoe was in Finding Nemo. That is awesome. He plays a fish called Gill. But uh, great film. I, I feel like it's the perfect film to end this headline topic today. But they are my five, uh, not five choices, my four choices of awesome best Pixar movies of the 2000s. So we now move on to the next section of the show, and this section of the show is titled Movies for the Weekend. Uh, this is where I give you some recommendations for movies to watch this weekend if you're looking for something to watch. Think of it as in you're going into the video shop of the 90s, the VHS store, the rental store if you're in America or Canada, and you're saying you're looking around for a new movie and you see a poster on the wall or the newest movie or the recommended movie by the owner or the manager of that shop and they recommend these so these are my movies for the weekend got two movies here today first one i want to mention is one i don't believe i've ever mentioned on the channel before uh, this is kind of feels like a hidden gem to me <laughs> i watched it a while ago and it's one i i i i got it this week with a bunch of pickups with paulie and I was so pleased I picked it up. It was sealed and it was like five for a pound in the DVDs at the charity shop. And it the film is Yogi Burr starring Dan Aykroyd and Justin Timberlake. 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 Uh, Dan Aykroyd of Ghostbusters plays Yogi Burr and Justin Timberlake plays his friend Boo Boo. And Yogi Burr is obviously based on the Hanna-Barbera cartoon. And it is... A live action, the, the birds are animated, but it's a live action. There's like human characters in there as well. It's, it feels like this one, it was, I think it was like, what was it, early two, 2012 it was, it says here. This is one, when it came out, I feel like I probably denounced it and said it was garbage. And I, I can't even remember whether I watched it when it came out. I only watched it recently in like last year or two. But I had a lot of fun watching it. I think it was a, it's a great family movie. It's just silly. It doesn't take itself seriously. Uh, Yogi is just, I mean, I think a lot of people might be put off by, like, the fact Justin Timberlake is voicing one of the characters in it. Uh, don't let that, like, put you off if you're not, like, into, like, music or you don't like music stars featuring in movies. Look, the both, the, both the voices in this are superb and they sound very much like the original Yogi Bird TV show. Um, Yogi Bird, they live in Yellowstone Park. He's just, he, he likes his food, he's he's stealing food from picnickers, and it's just really funny, it's a really funny movie, but Yogi Bear is one well worth checking out, if you can get this, get a copy of this, or watch it on streaming, check it out, Yogi Bear. do not sleep on this movie, it's a fantastic film. Uh, another one I want to discuss on movies for the weekend this weekend, the, the Winter Olympics are coming up now, uh, if you're into sports, uh, I think it's in the next month or two, in Beijing, I will say that they there was a news report I seen this week, and this is where it brought up this movie that the Jamaican the Jamaicans are making a return to the Winter Olympics for the first time in like so many years. It might even be since this movie, since this true story. But cool runnings, uh, it just brought up you know it's shown clips from the movie, and I was like, oh, I can't, I've got to watch that again. Cool runnings is such a great movie, uh, just a standout for me uh, growing up. I love this movie, Walt Disney movie. Um, I love it. It's the story of this team of runners who fail at running. They decide to take on bobsleigh to get to the Winter Olympics. 
and they go on this great story of, and it's a true story, it's based on true, true events of the Jamaican bobsleigh team, and you just see them, it's basically a story of them earning respect, and it's a comedy, it's a comedy, it's a, it's a comedy film, but it's just a, such a grand film, an epic film as well, well worth checking out, it's, you don't have to be into sports. It's just a fun movie for the whole family. Cool run-ins. It's got uh, John Candy in there as well. Um, well worth checking out if you're looking for something to watch this weekend. But now we move on to the next part of the show, and it is mo- uh, not movies of the weekend. Amazon top ten, and let's. This is part of the show where I give you the Amazon top ten uh, for movies. And it'll be DVD, 4K, Blu-ray releases, physical releases of movies this week. So, at number 10, we have the Blu-ray of Venom, Let There Be Carnage. I've still not watched that movie. Uh, at number 9, we have the Blu-ray of Ghostbusters Afterlife that is coming out. I think it's pretty. I think it's out now. I think it was out on the 25th. Uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife is at number 8 as well, the DVD version. At number 7, we have Disney's Encanto. I've heard a lot of people mentioning this movie more recently, listen to the movie podcast, Encanto. Uh, someone else mentioned this to me, said it's really worth well worth checking out, so I'm going to check out uh, ASAP. That's at number seven, DVD. The Dune DVD release is at number six. Uh, Venom DVD, Let There Be Kanji, is n- number five. We have Dune 4K at number four. Dune Blu-ray at number three. Uh, the Still Here. I, when is this movie going to... This this movie's never going to die. The Blu-ray of No Time to Die, the James Bond movie, is at number two, and a DVD of that movie is at number one. That film is still... I just feel like that's going to be cemented there for such a long time, that movie. People love it. It's a great film. Well worth checking out. But that is the Amazon Top 10 for physical releases movies this week. Now, let's move on to the next part of the show. Now, the... This part of the show, next up, is what's been on the screen. What's been on the screen this past week? Right. I finally got round to watching a movie. I've got it here. I've got it here. That was on... I think I did a video before Christmas or maybe after Christmas of movies, classic movies I never got round to watching. And I'm pretty sure this was on the list because I think, I think uh, Nick from Nick's Movie Talk... He was like, he was gobsmacked when I mentioned ET. I'm sure he said he was like, "Wow, you've never watched ET." Um, but ET, the extraterrestrial, uh, watched it for the first time. Never watched it growing up. I had no memories of this movie. Uh, Steven Spielberg directs. It's a story of a a young alien who gets lost on Earth, and these young kids take him as a friend, and you know, um, become friends with him. We see the story unfold with this. E.T. carrying these young children and then it's a story of him trying to get to home and trying to find his family again and what can I say uh, look I, I, I think this is a movie where you need to have nostalgia for this I think if you watched this growing up or you watched it when it was released I can see why a lot of people like it because it's got loads of like really joyful moments so I, I can see the nostalgia hits I see this in certain films. I watch like Masters of the Universe. I watched it growing up, and I mentioned it to some people, and they're like, "That's a garbage movie." But I'm like, "It for me, it's just it's a perfect film. I love it. I just have lots of happy memories." And I think it's one of them films. Et, I can imagine it's got a lot of nostalgia attached for people. Uh, for me though, it just didn't click. It wasn't a movie I, I thought was a horrible movie. 
I thought there was some good parts. I thought when it got to like the final third of the movie, I, I think it, near the end it was a bit better. It got a bit more ramped up a bit more. Um, but there was certainly parts I felt was really slow. Uh, I felt like the, the beginning of the movie was very slow with E.T.'s just in the house eating food and stuff like that. I'm like, this is just, there's nothing going on here. It felt like to me, I had the similar feeling when I watched for the first time Flight of the Navigator. And again, a lot of people have nostalgia for that movie and I hear a lot of people saying such good things about a movie. But I watched that and I was just like, it's it's a movie that just didn't click with me. And it was just, I was watching it and it wasn't like I disliked it. But it just wasn't a connection there. And I, I felt like I'm just watching something and it's just going past me. And it's just not worth It's not just something's just not connecting. There's no connection there with me watching the screen. And that's what I felt with E.T. I think it just, there wasn't a connection. It just wasn't. And I like sci-fi. I like sci-fi. I love Steven Spielberg. It just didn't work with me. Um, I think a few little things as well, like the music. John Williams is a, is a, one of my favorite composers, but I felt throughout the movie, the the score is great. The music, like the main theme is great, but it felt like it was overused, the music, way too many times. And by the end of it, I was like, I'm sick of hearing this E.T. song, this E.T. theme song. And they, they were little, little gripes again with me with this movie. Uh, when he sort of like, you know, you think he's uh, at a later point in the story, the, like spoilers for E.T., um, you think he's dead and then he becomes he comes back alive when he's he's gets the call from his parents and it's just... I just find it a bit bizarre and like the kids on his deathbed and I thought this is meant to be a family movie and it's kind of went a bit dark for a few moments. Uh, yeah, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me, but I'm glad I watched it because people have said for me, you know, you've got to watch this movie AP. Check it out. I'm glad I watched it now and I've got an opinion of the movie. I can I can see why people like it, like I said, because I, I imagine it holds a lot of great memories for a lot of people out there. For me, it's just not a movie for me, you know, you say there's hits and misses out there. You're not gonna like every single movie, and this is just a movie. Uh, it just didn't work for me. But hey ho, there's more classic movies out there. I'm gonna try. But let me know your thoughts on ET anyway. What do you think of this movie? What do you think of the plot in general, and especially in parts where ET's on his deathbed and stuff like that? What did you think of the moments of the movie? Uh, now I want to just talk briefly about another thing I watched this weekend. I watched the Peacemaker show, John Cena's Peacemaker show. I'm not going to go into spoilers of the show, but what I will say, I'm four episodes in, I know there's a new episode out this week. It's a great show. I, I like the Suicide Squad movie where John Cena featured in this movie and this Peacemaker character made his debut. But that movie, it was an okay movie. I enjoy that movie. There was parts that I didn't like, but I thought in general it was a decent movie. Um, but to see, I, I was a bit like skeptical about this, this show coming up. Like, will, will it work, this Peacemaker character? Look, if you've not watched it, check it out. It's it's kind of I would explain it to people. I would say it's very it's reminds me a lot of the Kickass movies. It's got that same flavor of uh, James Gunn is the director for a couple of episodes. He writes the show as well, but it's got that Kickass feel to it. It's like a rated R feel as well. Um, very action, very you know adult humor. I wouldn't really recommend this one to kids to watch in. I think it's more. Uh, aimed at adults, this sort of superhero show, but it's kind of like it's like Kickass meets Arrow. That's the way I would explain it. Uh, or Kickass meets the Flash TV show. Uh, it's got that flavor to it. I think it's a really good show. I think John Cena is really finding his feet as an actor, and this is really showing his talents that he can really 
you know, hold his own as the main star of a TV show. And he's going to go on to, you know, be the next rock, isn't he? He's going to be great, John Cena, I think. But yeah, I, I love the show. I like the story that is unfolding with these butterfly characters um, and the, the plot about the butterflies. Again, I won't spoil too much. But it's a great uh, great story. I think the cast is great. Some great additions to the cast as well that weren't in the movie. And I can't wait to see... I don't know how many episodes. I think it's like six or seven episodes. I can't wait to see uh, how this unfolds and the end of the story happens. And, you know, I, hopefully we get to see more of these peace, Peacemaker shows. And maybe a few more spin-offs of the other characters in there, like Bloodsport from Idris Elba. I'd love to see a show with him, and I think it'd be great to see. But great show. Uh, I think it's a... It's cool that we're getting more options and just these like weird characters coming out the DCEU. The Peacemaker character I'd never heard of before, but I'm really happy to see him on screen. And I think it's it's a great show. Well worth checking out the Peacemaker show. But anyway, uh, that is the end of today's show. If you enjoyed it, please do give it a like and check out the rest of the Movie Cheer podcast content, movie-related content on the YouTube channel or you know, subscribe to the podcast and uh, check out the other podcasts on the network, the Movie Cheer Network, we'll call it. Uh, it's been a great show, though, where I had a great time discussing Pixar movies. As I said, big fan of Pixar, absolutely love them, and all these movies. There was other movies, like Cars could have been another one. I like, I don't mind Cars, I think it's a decent movie. But these, you know, like Ratatouille as well, but well, these are my four, my favourites, my top four in Pixar movies. And it'd be great to hear your thoughts. What are your top four Pixar movies of the 2000s era of uh, of movies, of Pixar films? Uh, let me know all your choices. What did you think of my picks today? Uh, what did you think of uh, the movies we discussed today? Uh, give me all your thoughts, ladies and gents. Uh, it's been a great, great show. I really enjoyed it. Uh, if you're interested, please do uh, leave a review if you are listening to this on one of your podcast networks. And if you're listening to this and watching this on YouTube, please do leave a comment with all your thoughts on today's topic. And uh, remember to spread a bit of movie cheer, ladies and gents. And as always, I will see you next time.